a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties... This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we talk uh, banking. That's right. Banking with your lovey-dovey, your special hugger friend, the person you cohabitate with, your sweetie pie. We're talking couples and money this week. Specifically, how do you bank? How do you run your financial life? My buddy Keith down in Austin, Texas. I saw him when I was in uh, Houston this week, and I will see him in Dallas next Big Texas part of my life right now. It'll be chapter 35, Texas, when I write the book, when it's all said and done. Keith said, hey, uh, a few months ago, he's like, uh, how about an episode on couples managing their money from a banking perspective? And I said, of course, Keith. Of course, Keith. And then I saw him yesterday, and he was like, dude, you never did it. And I was like, I'll do it this week. So here you go, Keith. Uh, money, uh, we're talking about couples and money. We're going to talk about the right ways to do it, the wrong ways to do it, different ways you can try it. Uh, I, I talk about uh, this topic with all sorts of people, the people, my coworkers, N- Nicole, uh, in the third segment of today's show, her situation is different than mine. I've been married for 17 years. Her and her special friend uh, are not currently married, but they they share finances from a Nicole. Right? Well, how do you how do we say this? Like, what you share finances or you live together? What do we, what do the kids say? We because we share certain expenses because of us living together, and sure. it's so much more than us being roommates. But we definitely still have completely separate checking accounts, but we both know how much money is in them. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about that in segment three because that's different from what, what I do. Let's set uh, some some base rules before we get started here. I don't think there's any wrong way to run your couple's finances unless it's not working. <laughs> okay. So what, what I'm saying is, as I give you different ideas here, some of these might not work for you. And for you, that means it's the wrong way to do it. But that same way, maybe the solution for other people. It's the same as parenting, right? Uh, maybe the way I parent doesn't work for you and your kids, whatever. I'm not even saying the way I parent works for me. Uh, but there's just different ways to do it. And I, when I was a younger man, and Nicole, that was quite some time ago, right? It was, it was quite some time ago. Uh, when I was a younger man, I used to have really harsh opinions about this. And I would say things like, if you don't trust your spouse with money, you don't trust them. In fact, I think we had a, a tweet go out earlier this week about an old blog post I wrote with, to that very same effect. And that's a cute little saying, but I actually don't believe it anymore. My wife does not trust me to do anything handy around the house or to be physically fit, but she still trusts me, right? And so we can't misconstrue skill sets and trust. And I think that's where people get off the rails when they manage their money with a significant other. Uh, by the way, Let's not forget, money, finances, is the number one stress factor in a person's life. Number one, 71% of people who say they have significant stress point to financial stress as the primary driver. 71%, that's the highest uh, percentage next to family itself, of course, and career stress. So when, when you're talking about money or you're dealing with money and you're dealing with the, with the logistics of your financial life with your significant other, 
just know it's it's stressful. And when you're in the mood to talk about money, your lovey-dovey may not want to talk about money. So, uh, which is also why, and, and we're going to talk about this in the second segment, there needs to be a designated day. You talk about money no matter how you manage your money. I don't care if you're separate accounts. I don't care if you're one account. I don't care if you're 30 accounts. I actually would probably care for 30 accounts. Uh, talk about it on one day. So let's look at the the, 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 the few primary ways in which people manage their money. There's the way I used to do it, which is everyone's income goes into one pot of money and you both have card, debit cards, and access to that money and uh, we have one account, right? So that's the the traditional model, I guess. Um, Specifically, that made a lot more sense when people get married younger or they join up teams. I don't even know what that means. Uh, younger, uh, because that way there's no set way that you, you view and deal with your money as an adult. But as people have begun to, uh, began, no one knows, to get married later in life, then all of a sudden you've got people who have been working adults for four or five, six years. Then they join forces financially with the person. And then you've got two set ways that start to clash. And so that one account methodology just frankly falls apart. Now, Mrs. Planner and I got married a month out of college, right? Lock it down. Lock it down. Earlier this week, my daughter, my eight-year-old, was asking about like when, when Mrs. Planner and I just met, which, by the way, 21 years ago this week, 21 years ago this week down at Hanover College, uh, we met, and, and my, my daughter was like, Mom, why did you like Dad? Uh, and then none of us could actually come up with an answer for that. <laughs> We were racking our brains, and my wife was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know why you liked me either. Uh, but we were we were together so early that we had no sort of set ways of doing anything financially, so we just learned together. Now, here's what ends up happening. So a- after our, our sort of relationship and our marriage developed and our careers developed, we got to this point where logistically it stopped making sense for us to have just one account. There were not trust issues. It was just logistics. I might be on the road, she'd be back home, um, whether she was with the kids or before we had kids, and and it just stopped making sense. So what we did is we ended up having my income going to one account and her income going to a different account, but everything was still our money. We had access to each other's money, and, and that worked for us. Now, an interesting transition point for us was when she stopped working uh, temporarily to stay home with our kids. So think about this for a second. She had an account in which her income flowed into. That income stopped because she was staying home with the kids. And so what I did with my, was with my income is I split off the exact amount that she would get paid when she was working to direct deposit into her account so she can continue her financial life like nothing happened. And by the t- by the way, when I say her financial life, I mean her financial life in relation to me, her, her partner. And so it's interesting how our financial relationship has evolved. Uh, I wanted to have her on this show, but she refuses to come on the program. She doesn't believe me that I actually have a radio program. Um, she, it's funny how we've evolved because um, out of my income, I pay the mortgage on our house, I pay the rental property mortgage, uh, and I pay the health insurance and the groceries. Those are all my my bills, right? And then her account deals with everything else. Everything else, the stuff for the kids, utilities, household stuff, uh, food, uh, dining out food, all of that, right? 
And so that's that's what works for us. Now, I will say with the model that I've just lined up for you, we tr I'll speak for myself. I really trust her financially. Um, we at one point in our marriage, when we had a joint account, when we had one big account, we would have to say things like, hey, I'm, I got to go to Home Depot today. I may be spending 150 bucks. I just wanted to give you a heads up. Right, because that that's a that's a fair thing to do when you share an account that affects the other person. Now we don't really have that conversation anymore. Of say, hey, I'm going to have to spend uh, seventy five dollars at Target because I trust her to run the finances just fine, and and vice versa, and it and it actually works for us. All of this is to say, I'm not urging you to do it the way that we do it. Over the course of this entire program, I'm going to show you different models and talk to you about different models of the way people manage their money. I want you to examine the way you're doing it with your significant other, uh, managing your money, and I want you to make changes if you need to make changes. It's important to understand or even to really ask the question of your partner, is our financial life working for you? Pointed question, cuts to the quick. That's a nail reference cuts to the quick. Actually, Nicole, um, you're a dog person, right? You like the dogs? You, one could say that I am partial. To so them. cut to the quick is a reference to like an animal's claw because they've got something called a quick that if you cut their nails too short, it bleeds. Oh my gosh. Did you know this? No. See, I learn something new every day, even if it's not just about financial wellness. See, there you go. I, I, on this show, you're going to get some jokes from time to time. Uh, every once in a while, you learn something about money and we'll talk about animal health. Anyway, th this question cuts the quick. Are you happy with how our financial life is going from a logistical standpoint? Um, do you like the way we manage our banking? Like, you know how I feel about banking. If you've listened to the show once, you, 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 you've already, you already know the idea that I think banks have stopped being our financial partners and instead they've turned into this entity that induces spending. They actually try to get you to make subpar financial decisions so they can benefit. Is that a jaded way to look at it? No, it's an honest way. It's a, it's a, it's a very honest way. You know, uh, totally off topic, not really. Wills Fargo keeps popping up in the news for doing all these horrendous things, horrendous things uh, to, to their customers, uh, giving them insurance policies they didn't know they had, giving them credit cards they didn't have. And everyone's so qu quick to back off and say, well, you know, we don't know the whole circumstance. Well, how many chances do, you, do they need? If it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck that is taking advantage of their customers. Maybe if I just say this, because there's not a lot of Wells Fargo branches in the area of which the show is broadcast. But that's how I feel. At what point in time do we look at a, a financial company that consistently isn't looking out for their customers? At what point do we look at them and say, all right, that's not good, right? I take this stuff really personally. Uh, if you're messing with someone's financial life and, and you're, you're preying on them when you're a trusted partner in their financial life, wow, this is a weird rant. Wow, this is a weird rant. Here's what we're doing. This whole show, banking and your sweetie pie. What works, what doesn't work. We'll give you some rules later. And then finally, in the third segment, we're going to talk to, to Nicole, who's just sort of starting a financial relationship with her lovey-dovey. Uh, all that and more on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. Log on. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man to voice.
opinion as strongly as any can But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world So they ain't really fitting in I'm in the background blending in Camouflaged by the scenery But I'm a champion Revamp the camp again Put down Back on the Million Dollar Plan Pete the Planner It's the drink out of a metal bottle episode of the Million Dollar Plan Have you seen these bottles? They're everywhere uh, I got this from my friends at Springbuck Uh... I think they're they're called swell bottles. Nicole, is that right? Swell bottles. Yes, swell bottles. S W E L L. Yeah, it's like a little contraction. Uh, here's the deal with these things: they make your water really cold and smoothie. Hmm. I don't know why why water tastes better out of these swells, but they do anyway. No one cares. Uh, all right, we're talking uh, finances and your fiance or finances with your lovey-dovey, whoever, right? We're talking about managing your banking relationship with your significant other. So I asked a bunch of coworkers this week of like how they do it and what works for them. One of my coworkers who's been married, I don't know, four or five years, maybe. No, that can't be right. Five or six years. No one knows. Uh, she's been married for a few years and here's how they do it. They have one account. All the money flows into one account and she's in charge of bills and paying this and that. And, um, her, her partner doesn't particularly know what's going on financially, but I don't mean that in a negative sense. It's that since he is not a spender, he doesn't really particularly care. Right. And again, this is not a negative thing. And this is why there's no set way to do this. It seems like that way works for them. Uh, in the sense that so much, uh, he, he was doing some uh, work at the house today. He was like, Hey, I, I got to run to home Depot and I'm going to get this or that. And it's going to cost us this. Um, and when you share an account, again, those sorts of notifications are really important. Um, if you've ever shared an account with someone, you know how quickly an unexpected expense can throw off the entire situation, uh, especially especially when payday is a few days away. Now, if you do share finances with someone, you've got two incomes, it is interesting to see how the account ebbs and flows over time. Uh, does it go up? Uh, every week because the pays are staggered or do you get blasted with a big chunk of money every two weeks and then you spend it down over the two weeks so i think that's interesting the way they do it she's fully in control of their financial life he has very little to do with it uh, again not necessarily a negative thing now i will say this if he or she expressed that they were not happy with the way their personal finances were going and they would have to look at uh, how is our banking relationship affecting this Okay. Again, if it's, if it feels broken, dude, it's broken, right? You can't lie to yourself about your financial life. I, I think that's the big challenge for a lot of people is that the denial of reality. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as, as what they talked about, nothing broken there, but that's just the way they do it. Ask another coworker how, how, how she deals with her financial life with, with her husband. Um, and so they do an interesting thing where separate accounts, they got married uh, in their thirties, right? separate accounts. And then uh, she deals with all the bills, but her husband quick pays, you know, just or, or whatever, gives her money to deal with the bills. So it's almost, it sort of feels like a roommate sort of thing. Like here's halvesies on the mortgage. Here's half the, you know, here's half of this and that. And that, that ends up working for them. Again, both parties uh, in that relationship aren't big spenders. I think you're going to see that these sort of unorthodox ways of dealing with your financial lives can work when uh, at least one of the parties is not a big spender, right? Where you get in trouble 
big time always in every facet of life is if one or two people in this relationship or three, I don't know how you roll. Uh, uh, if, if, if they're big spenders, right? If they're just out of control, here's what happens. A lot of times you get people get married a little bit later in life, thirties, mid thirties, late thirties, whatever. And they're both, they both have make really good incomes, but they both have extravagant lifestyles. And when you combine forces, one plus one equals like eight, right? Extravagant plus extravagant equals, oh, mommy, not good, right? Uh, if you get two cheap people together, then you just get a bunch of cheap people. One plus one equals zero somehow because you get cheaper, right? You magnify each other's cheapness. That is really interesting with your partner financially. You tend to, um, depending on if it's sort of, if they're polar opposites or not, you may actually magnify the overall tone of the relationship. Here's what I mean. My wife is not a spender. And in our relationship, I, I am the spender, right? And I always have been. What she has done is she has toned me down over time, right? She has brought me her way. If you've got two people that are on the same side of things, two spenders, two savers, then it gets worse one way or the other, right? If you get two spenders in a relationship and they get together, their finances are at, at risk of being a disaster. And if you get two... Uh, I was going to say two cheap people, frugal people together, they're going to get super frugal. It's going to be like a frugal dance battle, right? Until they're so cheap that they can't deal with it anymore. So these are, again, some of the methodologies that we see people do. I'll tell you what doesn't work. Here's what I know generally doesn't work. The roommate approach when one person is a spender and the other person is a saver. Because here's what will happen. And this is especially true if the spender makes more money than the saver, this is all part of the dynamic here of like, who is making more money? Who is the primary breadwinner? Um, I can just tell you this from a socialization standpoint, in the last decade, it has gotten less severe than it used to feel when maybe a, a female in a relationship is the primary breadwinner. I remember early in my career, not that it was controversial, but it was still pretty unorthodox uh, to some degree from a statistic standpoint to have the female in a relationship earning more than the male. So what ends up happening in that situation, and by the way, I, I shouldn't have to say this, but clearly there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it should be the norm to some degree if, as we get pay equality. Uh, but here's what, here's what the reality was 15, 20 years ago, is that we all grew up socialized to, to understand two things, that men generally made more than women and uh, men generally made more uh, financial decisions in a household. That's how most people my age, I'm almost 40, that's how most people grew up my age or older. So this is to suggest that when that flips, when what you see flips and all of a sudden a female in the relationship is making more money, then there's this dispute of, well, who gets to make the decisions, right? And please understand, we're having a responsible conversation around this. I'm not saying that it's bad for women to make more money than men. It's a great thing. What I'm suggesting is you'd be silly to ignore the impact of your socialization growing up on that dynamic. Like, um, it, it happens all the time. Dudes get bent out of shape if their lady friend makes more money than them. And then, uh, and then when, you, when you add in the factor that maybe one of them's a spender, one of them's a saver, they get married in, later in life, and then banking can become an absolute disaster. 
I think another funny little element I see, I don't know if it's good or bad, is that uh, you have separate checking accounts and then each person has a separate savings account. And what it will end up happening is one person's savings account is really big and the other person's savings account is really small. And then that adds to a weird dynamic. Um, you also see a lot of allowances put out there. Well, uh, it works like this. We have one account, but I get $300 a month to do whatever I want. And the other person gets $300 a month to do whatever they want. And then that can add some strange, strange elements to this. It's usually done as a relief valve, right? You say, well, I don't care what you do with this 300 and, and we're gonna set up this system so you don't mess with the rest of our money. Do what you want with this 200 or 300. I'll do what I want with my 200, 300. And you're not supposed to have an opinion on what I do which is a decent method, but here's where it falls apart. If there's debt or financial struggle or no emergency fund, and you have a model in which an allowance is there to uh, prevent, uh, pre prevent judgment, it's gonna fall apart, right? Because you should be judging someone. I don't believe in, oh, this is my fun money. People call it all sorts of things. Oh, this is our fun money. We can do whatever we want with this money. If you're in debt or you have no savings, you did not earn the right to have $200 a month each of fun money. Now, I, again, I know why you do it. I've seen enough of these situations that, that if you have fun money and your financial goals are not being funded, that's just silly, irresponsible, and uh, immature. You like how you drew out the word irresponsible. Long flight last night, didn't get in until one. You don't care. Uh, it's the Texas, uh, it's the Texas time frame of my life. I said that earlier. I was in Houston uh, last week, Dallas next week, and then like in two weeks, I'm going to Lubbock. Uh, and sending a ginger to Texas in the summer is cruel and unusual. Uh, gingers have a special quality about them that we can generally sniff out shade, right? We can find shade. It's how we're built. Um, couldn't find much shade this week. Couldn't find much shade. Anyway, I did get out before Hurricane Harvey, I think it's called. So that's good. All right, coming up after the break, uh, Nicole, my special friend, <laughs> my coworker Nicole, who, who runs this show, we're going to talk about her situation. She is just starting out uh, in a financial relationship with her significant other. And I'm just curious, like, and she's in, she's in her younger 20s. Like, I'm just curious as, like, how it's starting out, what it feels like, and then we'll make him listen back to it and, and feel the heat and the judgment. It'll be great. Uh, that's on the Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Grew up around the country with the mindset. Back on the million dollar plan, beat the planner. Uh, talking uh, honey bunnies and finances this week. Uh, Nicole, my, uh, what do we call you in relation to the show? Are you the producer? What do you do? Run the board? Like, what do you do? What, give yourself a title. I don't really care. What is it? Yeah, I guess I'm the producer because right. I, I edit everything. Yeah, there you go. Nicole is my coworker. One of her duties is to do this. Um, and uh, 
Nicole, you're in your younger 20s. I don't want to, you know, out your age here, but you're in your younger 20s, right? I am. Okay. Uh, you share finances with a person. I do. Your lovey-dovey, someone you've been involved with for a few years through college and whatnot. Yes. You guys recently sort of combined uh, living arrangements. We did. Um, with an eye to the future. Uh, yes, exactly. So how do you, okay, so how do your finances go? I mean, you know, uh, by the way, uh, this is always the point of caution. Don't say what you don't want to say. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Go ahead. Okay. So he and I are fortunate. We get paid same day. So we go. Really? Through, so, yeah. So okay, it kind of makes things a little bit easier because our, okay, we're going to spend money on this or we're not going to be as cautious about if we eat out randomly one night we have a similar look on that rather than as we get closer to payday and then it becomes that, okay, we get, we get paid again. Um, so we get paid on Wednesdays. Is that right? Or yeah. Tuesday? Okay. So every other Wednesday, it's like, there's a feeling in your place that it's like, we rich. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then on the off Wednesdays, like it's, it's just lower key. Yeah. It's like, do we really need to order pizza? We, we could get creative with stuff that we have in the fridge. Okay. I have so many questions. I'm glad you're here. Um, first of all, uh, first off on the, the day before you guys get paid, like Tuesday or Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. Is it super low key? No. And see, that's the one thing is there's so many different pins that I'm dropping as you're talking is because he and I are just really fortunate because we both have parents and Mm -hmm. we both have different you know, influences around us that encourage not being afraid to spend money just sure. because we, we pay ourselves first. Okay. When we get our paychecks, we put money into savings and we put different money into, like I have two different checking accounts Okay. and he has a couple different accounts as well that we will. It's a lot of in. accounts. I, yeah. For two, but so what, what is TCB as we call it, taking care of business. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you've got one checking account that's sort of your, uh, you, you spend your money, right? Yeah. And then the other checking, is it acting as a savings account or does it have another purpose? So I have one that's just like my dumping ground almost. Everything gets like, it gets my direct deposit from when we get paid and it kind of houses my overall, like, this is what I spend money from. Okay. And then I've got a different checking account that it holds my rent money. So like essentially my half of the mortgage and I put my utility money in there so that I just don't have to worry or think about it because I know that I've put that money aside and I can see what that money I have, essentially my spending money. So my groceries, what we do on weekends, um, that's what comes from that main checking account. Okay. So now I have a question. I, all, man, yeah. all of the questions, all of the questions. Yeah. So how do you, so you guys look at your household bills yes. and you total them up and then do you just draw a line between them and say 50, 50, and then this is what you're going to need to deposit? Um, Sometimes. So for our, so he bought the townhome that we live in. Sure. So we split the mortgage. Yes. And so every month I know that that's just a fixed expense he and right. I both have. And we'll set that money aside and know that we're good, that we don't have to think about it. And then for our bigger bill, like our electric bill, we split that 50-50. Just because it's a bigger bill, we know it's a bigger bill. We kind of plan for it and set aside about a fixed amount each month. And then we can, we don't have to think about it. Who physically pays it? it? He pays electric, he pays our mortgage. And then like, this is okay. So this is a special situation. Yeah. So last night we ordered food mm-hmm. and it was like 20, $25. Okay. We have a water bill that's due going into September. Okay. Look at that. And it's 20, $25. So instead of me Venmoing him half of it, 
I'll just take care of that. We, and that's, I, again, we've been together for three, three and a half years sure. now. So it's not awkward to have that conversation of, Hey, I got this. Do you just want to take care of this? It's that kind of accountability thing. Yeah. And so with that, it helps keep us accountable, but also I feel like he and I are in such a special situation because we live in the world of quick pay and Venmo. And I think that that has such a special kind of totally. influence on being young and in this phase of our financial life. Let's talk about Venmo. Venmo is basically, it's an app on a smartphone that allows you to just electronically send money yeah. to someone and it goes into their account. It's a little, it's for me, I mean, I'm an old guy, you know this, Nicole, I, I, it's a little weird for me because of the social aspect of Venmo. Yeah. I, I like quick pay yeah. better, like chase quick pay or whatever. Um, Andrew, do you guys have, okay, so clearly you have your head on your shoulders. He's got his head on uh, his shoulders and that works well together. But do you have joint financial goals or at this point, do you just try to not mess up the other person's financial life? Right now, we're just trying to not mess up the other person's financial life because it's like one of those, he uh, recently, you know, put a down payment on sure. a house. So yeah. his savings account was very nice and, and very comfy and he used a lot of that for the down payment so he's kind of rebuilding what that savings looks like i went through a brief time in my financial life and my you know right now where i had a lot of money coming in mm -hmm. and there was a little bit of a deep breath that was taken and now i'm I, you know i've got a regular income coming in again so i'm trying sure. to rebuild that savings that i had so because that's a, right now we've got we want to travel we're both in our young 20s and so how will travel work will you just each buy your own ticket and then like do the same sort of i'll get dinner tonight you get it tomorrow night on the road so we have he has a southwest card that okay. we use to do our miles yeah. and his parents and my family we travel so that's what we've always just used southwest so that was kind of a no-brainer for us okay um so a lot of the time like we're going to colorado in january mm, and both, uh, colorado so both of our tickets went on the southwest card yeah um just because we're trying to rack miles and try and be as smart as we can about okay so we're gonna drop a you know amount of change on this let's kind of you know get something for it with us traveling like that so but it'll be interesting to see what we actually do meal wise because yeah when we traveled the end of june we both like took out like the same amount of cash and we're just kind of aware of how much we were spending and what who was getting what and that's we're both really good at communicating yeah and that's one thing that he and i don't neglect or take advantage of is the fact that we both know that we are really good about communicating with the other yeah and we kind of also attribute that to the fact that we've known each other for five and a half almost six years now you know i think we're a couple now this is not you uh specifically i'm sort of speaking others uh where couples can get in trouble is where they don't take the time to see what problems could come with the way we're doing this mm -hmm. so i put this to you on the spot is there a situation in the future as, as this, as, as the way that you do it continues on? Yeah. Could you, what are the risks in doing it the way you're doing it? I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just curious. Do you currently see any, well, this could go off the rails? Not right now. And I think that's kind of comforting because as you're develop, as you were developing that question and that thought, I was like, you know, right now I just don't see anything really knocking us off of our yeah off of what we've got going, which is nice because we both make about the same amount of money. Sure. So, and we've put that together and seen what essentially an annual income for us. And we're both really, you know, proud of the fact that at the age of, 
23 and 24 we have the income that we do and we we don't you know we're aware that not everyone's in the situation that we are and has the financial background and understanding what a budget looks like and so for right now no and especially because earlier when you were talking about how one's the saver and one's the spender and he and I do a really good job of we both like to watch that number in our accounts grow which is good but we also understand at the same time that you know we're at the age of where we can start kind of spending a little bit more on certain things because we're going to have them for a while and we're investing it in it together that's like we probably will have to buy a bigger TV here soon because we're rocking like a, you know, a, a, a very I modest. I don't even know TV what a good TV is. This is that, that's when you cross over to, like you're in this stage where like you know what's cool, you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Get to my stage, Nicole, <laughs> where like I have to actually run things by you to know how my life is going. I'll say this, um, the way you're doing it seems, not that you care, uh, but the way you're doing it seems fine. And I I bet uh, as your relationship progresses to different levels, it'll probably make sense to keep it that way, right? To keep it the same way. Like there currently is no reason to change the way you're doing it because it works for you. And I think that's the overall point for everyone listening today. If the way you're doing it works, good. But don't lie to yourself. If you have debt, if you have uh, uh, no emergency fund, if your retirement account is struggling, it's not working. Try a different approach. And the the way you should be guided with all of this is to have joint financial goals. Nicole, thank you for sharing your yeah, situation. Yeah, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to wrap this show up. The money, uh, banking, uh, relationship episode of the show. Uh, this is The Million Dollar Plan, and I'm Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm until it all calms down. Back to wrap up uh, the Million Dollar Plan with Pete the Planner. I am Peter Nicholas Dunn. Uh, before we get to Bois, biggest waste of money of the week, I want to talk about uh, what came out this week in USA Today. Um, so this week's column, I, last week's column, whatever, no one cares. Uh, here's what I talked about. Mental health and money. Uh, mental illness and money. And so, so often, if you're dealing with a situation, a family situation in which there's a medical condition, a mental health medical condition going on, whether it be depression or anxiety or schizophrenia or someone in a bipolar situation, money can become a really tough issue uh, because of that diagnosis and because of some of the side effects and the way people think when they're dealing with a a mental health uh, situation. 
So much so, there's actually mental health conditions that are directly related to, to money, one called CBD, compulsive buying disorder. Almost 6% of the U.S. population suffers from compulsive buying disorder, and that is where you're start trying so hard to have dopamine released in your brain um, and to get that hit, that rush, that people just buy and buy and buy and buy, and it just can ruin their financial life. I tell you this for two reasons. Number one, I think if you have a loved one that has mental health struggles, that you need to understand there can be a serious impact on your financial life. And the solution is not, and this is my bigger point, is not to say to them, stop spending so much money because that doesn't help. If someone is having a, a, a mental health crisis and you tell them to stop spending money and that, that, that purchase is a byproduct of their mental health condition, that's no different than you going to someone suffering from clinical depression and saying, stop being so sad, right? That is a ridiculous assessment of the situation is to, to go to someone who's suffering mentally and to say, hey, why don't you stop being so sad? You got so much to be happy about. That doesn't help. Okay. So again, uh, I encourage you go to, uh, P uh, just Google Pete, the planner, uh, mental health money, um, and, and find my column. It was in a lot of different good publications. I encourage you to find it and read it and pass it on to someone who could use it and needs help. Serious situation that we're dealing with. And let's take it to a lighter note. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is the auto smart lock. This is one of those uh, solutions to a problem that doesn't exist, right? The same diameter as a standard deadbolt, 2.6 inches, if you're keeping score at home. The auto smart lock is one of the smallest connected locks you can buy. It automatically detects your arrival, letting you open your door with a single press, and also gives you the options of turning its outer ring to enter a four-digit entry code or unlocking via an app over Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi, as the kids call it. Its standard size means it's compatible with most door locks and it comes in silver, gold, or black to match most decors. 700 bucks. Here's the issue. Use your key. Just use a key. The lock and key system has been around since the, the dawn of time. It's not broken. Don't try to fix a problem that's not broken. I don't need a $700 uh, Wi-Fi connected uh, smart lock. No one cares. Just use a key. That's it for this week's show. Nicole, this is a good show. This was fun. I liked it. I do too. We'll have to do this more often. Yeah. By this, you mean you being on the show? Yeah. And maybe I'll let my sweet pie know that I'm talking about our friends. Yeah. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell him. All right. Uh, that's it for this week's show. I'm Pete the Planner, sending you good vibes because good vibes, it's all that's in the budget. This is a million dollar plan. And again, I'm PTP. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor.
Dove released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?